Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Now back to 95.7 The Game. Whitey Gleason, Jason Dumas on 95.7 The Game. I don't know, as I said earlier, Jason, I mean, you look outside, not an ideal day for staying inside watching basketball, right? Nice today. It's nice today. It is nice out, but you know, you can you can watch you can watch basketball on a nice little outdoor patio. That's true. Somewhere, you know, streaming, and, or you just take the dog for a walk at halftime or something, right? Uh, yeah, exactly. You know, there's some good good hoops with the March Madness on today, and then the nightcap, Golden State, San Antonio, San Antonio. This very very winnable game. I know it's the first game without Steph, but the Spurs stink. They yeah. they they do. Uh, Pop got his nice little record mm-hmm, mm-hmm. a couple nights ago, um, and he sounds like there's no he has no intentions of stepping down anytime soon. But uh, the Warriors should win this game even without Steph. This is they have a pretty pretty brutal schedule. They have a pretty tough schedule. It's a tough road trip here. I mean, like you know that road trip has, and this is in no order, but Orlando, Miami, Washington, Atlanta, Atlanta, Memphis. Memphis. So Miami. And when you come home, you know who you play when you come home. Phoenix. Phoenix. Yeah. Phoenix. Yeah. So the games against the likes of the Spurs, the Wizards. Gotta have e- it. Even to the Hawks. Even the Hawks to some degree. Gotta have it. You gotta have those games mm-hmm. because I'm not picking them. I'll be hard pressed to pick them against Memphis, the Miami Heat, and the Phoenix Suns without Steph Curry. It's just a tough task. Yeah. With Steph Curry, yeah, they can beat all three of those teams. Without It'll be a tough. They got this, four back to back still to come too. I think yeah, in the final twelve games. It's tough, and I mean, this is a Warriors team. Remember, they already beat the Spurs with with a shell, yeah, a skeleton crew. That was like the Damian Lee JTA GP two game. Mm-hmm. Um, so they can do it, and yeah, they need to do it. It's a must win tonight, given the context of everything and who else they have on their schedule. They absolutely have to have this game at home against the Spurs. You mentioned Pop becoming the all-time winningest NBA head coach. We had a pretty big milestone that LeBron reached last night. We'll get to that bottom of the hour and what that means for LeBron Past and Carl his Malone, future. right? Yes. Mm-hmm. Uh, just, he's just Kareem is the next guy he's got to pass to become the all-time leading scorer. I know you're a big LeBron guy with good reason, so we'll look at that coming up. Uh, on the text line, Comcast Business Sex Line always open, 888-957-9570. We've been talking about Clay before we get back to what's going on in the NFL. Um, from the 408, agree about Clay dribbling a lot. That's just because of Dre and Andre not being there. That's He's a fair point. Not used to playing with the others. Um, and uh, 
Looks like uh, he's got to get healthy and and in shape. From the six five zero, come playoff time, Clay will be balling. From the four one five, can Jason Dumas do a baseball swing next time on Cron when he signs off? What what was that? Can Dumas do what? Can Jason Dumas do a baseball swing next time on Cron when he signs off? Oh, I got you, Chan. I got you. I, I do a cool. I when I sign off, they yeah. they have the little jib shot of me. I'm usually doing basketball stuff. Yeah, I don't have a pretty swing. Don't expect Ken Griffey Jr. out there. I heard you on with Kyle one time, and Kyle Madsen got married yesterday. Congratulations! Shout out to Kyle. Yeah, That's Kyle my and, guy. And Heather. Yeah, absolutely. But I heard you asking him, "How do you swing at a ball and not have it?" hurt your hands when you hit it whitey i played all the sports growing up and i was pretty good at most of them yeah, i was yeah not baseball though uh-huh was not a good baseball player sounds like you weren't quite squaring it up yeah no i just wasn't <laughs> was never very good at that sport it's I, hard i played for a really good baseball team i never got at bats they would just put, they would bring me out there to uh do pinch runs because I was fast. Yeah. And we ended up winning like the regional championship for CYO. This was like elementary school. Did you get a trophy? Oh, yeah. No, yeah. we were really good. Really, really good. Uh, our best player pitched at, went on, he had a great career in high school and went on to be a starting pitcher at Kentucky. Wow. Like he was our best player. And then we had other guys who were hitters who were like really good on their high school team. I was just, the guy running the bases, you know, I'd come in, <laughs> give myself some credit. I came in and I stole a huge base during like a regional playoff game. Uh, so I'm, you know, clutch. I, I did my, I did my due diligence, but I wasn't getting at bats unless it's they wanted a wanted, hard you know, game. That's I was not of, good. I was not good at baseball. That's one of the biggest problems with getting more young people to play baseball. There's lots of problems. But part of it is it's a hard, as hard as yeah. it's monotonous and it's like mundane and like, I don't know. I could practice a thousand jump shots and feel like I'm having fun. <laughs> Sitting in batting practice, like it's boring mm-hmm. to me, at least it, for the hitter. But then everyone else is like, "What are you gonna? You stand out there and wait for the guy hitting?" Yeah, yeah. It's a it's a difficult game. Yeah, more power to to the baseball players. I, I can watch baseball. I'm not one of those guys who get like, "Oh, I can't watch baseball." It's boring. I can watch baseball. It's fun to cover. Yeah, you I watch just, baseball in your A's cap and your Giants jersey. Exactly. Right? Exactly. What, what is that? That's what you get what to do that? when you're not from here. You can do whatever you want. You can make up your own rules. <laughs> you even gonna wear the giant the A's cap this year the way they're tearing that team? Down? I'm really upset with the A's. So I'm not. I'm not too high on anything they're doing right now. They're disrespecting the fans. Everything I hear from Libby is uh, it's like political theater. I just It's really unfortunate. Let me know when they make a decision. Other than that, it's all outside extra noise. Which, like, you know, I've even told my bosses at Cron, like, the, new, the news department can handle all the A's coverage as it pertains to them staying right. and leaving in the right. city council meeting. Right. I don't care. I'm not sifting through all that BS to try to find the truth. I know as Let a me sports know when fan, it comes. yeah, as a sports fan, I want to know what's going on. But there are times if I'm watching for highlights or scores, I don't want to hear about all that political yeah, exactly. mumbo we'll, jumbo. We'll it's important, but I don't want to hear it in my sports reports. Yeah, so now I'm definitely more pro Giants now, right now, because they're doing the A's fan base dirty. I don't know if you caught what Juan Toscano Anderson said about the whole situation over the weekend. But just search it on Twitter. It, it was great. Yeah, he spoke out for the fans, right, of yeah, Oakland. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And it was a long, thought-out, like, three-minute, I don't want to say rant because rant has, like, a negative connotation. But it was it was very eloquent what he said. And he, like, nailed it, which he usually does. Juan Toscano is a great soundbite. He speaks from right here. Yeah, huh? he Especially does. when it comes to Oakland. Exactly. So, um, yeah, you know, it's unfortunate. That's the business 
it seems like Oakland fans are always getting the short end of the stick. I still think they're going to stay, maybe because I just want them to, but I still think they're going to stay. This hope makes our job funner. Yeah. You know? Yeah. I wish the Raiders were still here. Could you imagine if we get I to we, we got to talk about DeAndre? Uh, Devontae Adams. Devontae Adams. I'm about just DeAndre Hopkins. Devontae <laughs> Adams, East Palo Alto native, coming back to the Bay Area, playing with his college teammate. Like, Stunning s- trade. Storylines galore. Chandler Jones. They're, they're trying to make a run. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I know I was on with Ray when that story broke, and Ray was saying, you know, it's go back to like Randy Moss and, and the Raiders for years, they'd have guys that were here that and it didn't work out. But the difference, like Randy Moss didn't really want to be with the Raiders, didn't like being here. Devontae Adams wants to be with Derek Carr, wants to be in Vegas, and they signed him to a big deal. And they were in the playoffs last year, so they're building something there. Yeah, yeah I miss the Oakland Raiders. I do too. I do too. But, hey, it's, that's life. That's the business of sports. It is. Meanwhile, the 49ers, they – uh. They still have a quarterback on the roster who's one of the highest paid players on the team, and everyone thinks he's going to be the backup. It's... And you're telling me you think there's a chance Jimmy is still with the 49ers next year? I hear Gary Papa saying that, uh-huh. and Gary Papa is a guy who I'm not sure would be so brazen and confident in the way he's saying it if he didn't truly believe it, and he's not getting some intel. I look at Papa as like kind of almost a voice for the team. It's clear he has some sources within the 40, 49ers organization. He's not he's not a guy who uses agent sources. He more uses team sources, which has his pros and cons. Sometimes those type of reporters and voices can almost be like team PR. Right. So that's the negative. Just like the negative for people, agents, sometimes they can get information that is kind of skewed towards the player and is like not as much in reality just the good and bad to everything papa's more of the team source guy and if he's if he's saying that hmm. and he's getting that from the team maybe there's some smoke where there's some fire that's all i'm saying i heard him I say brazenly and i was like wow maybe jimmy g is coming back wow it's it obviously hasn't unfolded the way the 49ers thought it would I'm wondering now with Deshaun Watson going to the Browns. And by the way, I, I know I, I mentioned that we would talk about this. The Browns were out as of what Thursday. They the Brown. It was widely reported the Browns have been told they are out of the Deshaun Watson sweepstakes. And it turns out they were. So then, how they get back in? That was so stunning. It looks like the reporting was accurate. What happened was the Browns were out on Watson. I think Pro Football Talk's talking about this. So then they go back and, you know, Baker Mayfield, we want you to be our quarterback. And Baker Mayfield's like, no, I don't want to play there. I After what you put me through, I'm not doing it. So then the Browns came back and said, huh, now what? Okay, how about this, Deshaun? We'll give you more money. And then, uh, all right, you're back in. Right. So that apparently is what happened. Well, you know. This isn't really sourced information. I had sourced information that Deshaun Watson and the 49ers have had mutual interest, and I'll you know I'll stand on that. It didn't come to fruition, but you know that doesn't make it not true. But this part is not so sourced. My I'm thinking Deshaun was kicking the tires down the road as long as he could because he wanted to see if the 49ers could make it happen. He really wanted to be here. Yeah. And it didn't happen. And I don't know if he ever really had this strong passion to go to New Orleans or Atlanta or Carolina. People are like, he wants to be in the South. He wants to stay home. I think he wanted to go to the best football situation. And I think 
the Browns were the best football situation. So ultimately, best football situation, best money, boom, going to Cleveland. Even though Cleveland is by far the worst city of all the options. Didn't he, it was last spring, a year ago or so, where he was uh, posting pictures on Instagram and 49er jerseys and things? Yeah, and, you know, there, where there's smoke, there's usually fire. Watson has been linked to the 49ers for like two years now. So, you know, take that for what it's worth. We don't have to harp on it too much. But, you know, now he's a now he's a uh, Cleveland Brown. Yeah, yeah. It looks like the Browns sweetened the pot for Watson to $46 million per year for five years. And what happened is Mary Kay Cabot doing the reporting – Baker Mayfield reached the breaking point with the Browns when he found out that uh, Cleveland sent a delegation to Houston to meet with Watson. And then there was a report that Mort had that the Browns wanted an adult at quarterback. And Baker Mayfield's people believed, probably rightly so, that that came from within the Browns organization. So then it was like, I don't want to play for you. I don't know. I don't want to be there. So then like, oh, great. Now that's when they went back to Deshaun Watson and offered him more money. So now what happens and how does this impact the 49ers? Where can they trade Jimmy G? Um, Maybe do you think Seattle ends up with Baker Mayfield? If I'm a 49er fan, I would just I would be so happy to see Baker Mayfield replace Russell Wilson in Seattle because he's terrible. Yeah, I'm not a huge Baker fan and. Baker's one of those guys, you know, his ego doesn't necessarily match, match his talent level. Um, you know, I think he's well-intentioned. Like, he's not very liked amongst, like, NFL fans, I feel like. He probably has well-intentions, but good intentions, I'm sorry. But he just doesn't do it for me. He's, he's short, which, you know, Russell Wilson is short, but Russell Wilson makes up for it with, like, like elite athleticism. Baker throws and the ball to the other team too often for for my taste. Yeah. I would I would be doing backflips if I was a 49ers fan and and they replace Russell with yeah, with Baker Mayfield. So there's a lot of good who's news. Who's better to you? Sorry to cut you off. No, who's, no. who's better to you, Baker Mayfield or Jimmy Garoppolo? If Jimmy's healthy, I'd take Jimmy. If he's if his shoulder's okay, which is a big if still. It should be okay. But I'd rather have Jimmy. I just feel like he's more reliable. And, you know, Baker maybe has a higher ceiling, and he, the ceiling doesn't appear as high as it did, of course, when he was drafted. But I pretty much know what I'm going to get with Jimmy and Baker. I'm not sure when it's going to go off the rails. Another thing um, with Baker Mayfield, the way he responded to all this, you know, Jimmy didn't react that way when the 49ers put him through something similar. And he, was, I, he went through it way, way worse. Yes, he a did. whole year of it. But I, I, don't, I don't want Baker as my quarterback, but I don't really blame him the way he reacted. And I wouldn't have blamed Jimmy if he had not reacted well to that whole thing. No, nah, these guys are competitors. Yeah. He basically told me, I don't want you. You're yeah. not good enough. Yeah. But I do, like, what was the issues between Baker and Odell Beckham? Yeah. You know, there's too much... Just we're talking about non-football stuff with Baker way too often. And he's not good enough for that. Right, right. It's also great for the 49ers, right, that Deshaun Watson's staying in the AFC, so you don't have to worry about him in New Orleans or Atlanta or even Seattle. So that's good. Now it's just a matter of what do you do with Jimmy G? And it's, it's apparent that teams that might have interest in him, maybe like the Colts, the Colts now, um, I, I don't know if they're going to have interest, but teams are going to wait. They're not going to do something now to bring in a quarterback with an injured shoulder. So the 49ers, for the time being, they're 
just kind of stuck with Jimmy G, at least for now. Yeah, and I'm not a cap wizard. So especially on the text line, if you have to correct me, um, you guys are already correcting me. It's Greg Papa. I was saying Gary Papa. I knew that. That's yeah, my, we, we got you. Yeah, my bad. Talk, yeah, talking about Greg Papa, no disrespect to him. Um, but I'm not a cap wizard, but I'm pretty sure there's some pretty tough financial implications if the 49ers were to just wave Jimmy G. Hmm. So I don't think that's an option. I think they would rather keep him than wave him and eat all that money. Wow. So it's getting interesting. And then lost in all of this is Trey Lance. How does he feel? Is he ready? What are the prospects for Trey? What are your opinions on Trey Lance? Because I am not overly optimistic. It's not a James Wiseman thing where I'm kind of pessimistic when he got drafted. I see all the tools there with Trey Lance, and I think he can be a really good player. I just don't think it's as sure of a thing as most Niners fans believe, but I get that's fandom. You're going to be optimistic for your team typically. From an unbiased eye, I think um, there's a lot to work with, but it's not, no guarantee. Uh, I understand that. I'm all in on Trey Lance because I'm just assuming – that Kyle Shanahan feels strongly about it. Now, last year when it was, we're starting Jimmy, gives us our best chance to win now. That made total sense to me. I know some people, and I don't know that you and I ever discussed that, but I know some people thought, well, you can't do that. That, that won't work. And it did work. They, they nearly made it to the Super Bowl. I thought that was smart. So, you know, so much of what you're asking me is based on things that we really aren't privy to. But if Kyle Shanahan has the faith in Trey Lance and feels he's come along, um, to this point where he's ready, I, I'm I'm fully on board. He had two starts last year. You know, as a rookie, he wasn't terrible. They won the game against the Texans. Of course, they beat the Texans. They almost beat Arizona, so I thought there were a lot of good signs there. And, yeah, you see glimpses of the practice video on the Internet. That doesn't mean anything, right? It's You'd rather that it be good than bad, but it doesn't mean anything. So taking my cues from Kyle Shanahan, um, I think they're all in on him next year, and I think brought him in last year, a couple starts, that a year to learn the offense. I, I think it's going to work out. I'm all in on Trey Lance next year. Yeah, you know, very, very fair point. And Trey Lance seems like he's made for it. From everything I've seen in interviews, from any, everything I've heard out of his mouth when I talk to him one-on-one, he seems like he's really made for, you know, this stage. And, uh, I mean – like from a physical standpoint, the guy is like, you don't see many people built like him and can run like him and can throw like him. No, I remember no. the first the first practice I saw of his in person. Obviously, it was like a training camp setting, um, and you can't hit the corner. You can't hit the quarterback in practice, whether it's training camp or anything. He has that red jersey on, but he took off and ran one play, and he got to the edge and. He was, like, sizing up a cornerback who was coming at him. I think it was Ambry Thomas. And, obviously, he lowered his shoulder. Ambry Thomas, like, pulled up because he can't hit him. But I just envisioned that collision. He would have ran Avery Thomas over. Like, he is so much bigger than a lot of cornerbacks. So, he's going to be a load when he gets out into open field and he wants to decide to take off and run. And I think that's an aspect that Kyle really wanted in his offense, a guy who can – when stuff hits the fan, he can just take off. And um, that was really impressive, just his body. Yeah. And also, huge. there's something about the fact that he hasn't played a lot that I think appeals to Kyle. 
Jennifer Lee Chan was on with with Coase and I once, and she said, you know, you know, I was asking what what is what does he really like about uh, what does Kyle really like about Trey Lance, and one of the things she said was he likes the fact that he can teach everything that Trey Lance learns about the NFL. Everything he learns about NFL football is going to be through Kyle's eyes. So Kyle wants a quarterback is like. Not only does he know the system, that's all he knows is the system, right? So I think that's really appealing to Kyle Shanahan. And again, if he's signing off on Trey Lance, I'm assuming Trey Lance is ready to go. However, the point you just made to me, it's really important for them to have a real good backup quarterback because with a guy running the ball as much as Trey Lance does, he's big and he's strong and I get it, but you never know. So if he does go down, you better have somebody behind him that you know you can count on. Well, they just paid Nate Sudfield, didn't they? Yeah, they just paid Nate, so maybe they view him as the backup. Okay. I mean, I have a soft uh, okay. I have a soft spot for him. He won a Super Bowl in in my hometown. He was the backup. Yeah, he was the mastermind behind that uh, Philly Philly. You see, oh okay. You see uh, Nick Foles and Doug Peterson on you know on the screen, but I'm pretty sure it was Nate who was like pointing out that play on the scorecard. You can kind of see him in the background. Um, yeah, you know, okay. Trust me, I, if Nate Sudfield is out there taking snaps for a prolonged period of time for the Niners, you shouldn't be inspired. Well, they clearly like him because before last season, they they brought him in and they gave him some guaranteed money. Yeah. Which at the time I was pointing that out and people said, yeah, it doesn't matter. But it's like, no, they really like this guy. So I guess you're right. I think they feel like if we have to, Nate's our guy. Yeah. You know, so, but, you know, I, I, I think Trey is definitely ready for this moment. And, uh, you know, we're going to see like a year of sitting out, a year of attacking the playbook and learning, even from a guy like Jimmy G. I know Jimmy G has his, you know, fair share of haters in the market, but Jimmy G is an accomplished quarterback who has started a lot of games, who learned under the greatest quarterback of all time. He has some wisdom he can pass on the trail. Yep. That's my point I'm trying to get at. So I think all of that will be was is beneficial for Trey. I do. I think Trey is going to come in and he's going to be ready. Now, if he seizes that opportunity and he plays well, that's a different argument, but it won't be for a lack of preparedness. They came so close last year, didn't they? They They should have won it. Yeah. I thought they should have put Trey Lance in at the end of the Rams game when Jimmy clearly, you know, you're down at your own 18-yard line or whatever. He can't throw. He's got a, a detached ligament in his hand and a bad shoulder, and you need to throw the ball here. So why is he in there? But I understand. He'd, he'd succeeded in situations like that before. I just thought that was a time when Trey Lance should have come in. But yeah, I, the Rams I, do have a pretty good pass rush. I get that. Man, you never give up. When you give up a 10-point lead in the fourth quarter, Yeah, there's so many ways. It was more than that one play, but I hear you. It, it stinks because – Two of the last three years, the 49ers gave up 10-point leads in the fourth quarter in a Super Bowl and a conference champion. And I hate to say it because overall he's been solid, but there's one common denominator in that in his entire career is Kyle Shanahan giving up big leads Mm -hmm. in huge games. Coming up next, how LeBron could lock up his status as the GOAT and how he could do that as soon as next season. That's next with Jason Dumas and me, Whitey Gleason, on 95.7 The Game. 
Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Now back to 95.7 The Game. Want to take just a moment here to salute LeBron. Hold on, hold on. Don't turn off the radio. It's Whitey Gleason, Jason Dumas on 95.7 The Game. It's possible that um, you know, I've never been a huge LeBron fan. I understand Bay Area fans aren't necessarily in LeBron's corner. But Jason Dumas shared a story last time I was on with him that, that kind of changed my view of LeBron. Uh, basically, you're a kid reporter, and he spent time with you, right, when he really – Really didn't need to. Yeah, yeah, he didn't. If he had a one up me, or you know, if if he had a big like, time job, big time me, I wouldn't even have like blamed him. I was uh, fresh out of college, hadn't even got my first TV job yet. I was writing for a blog that I started my own self, Seventy uh, Sixers One Hundred and One. Um, so I was just doing freelance stuff on my own time, not making a penny off it. Just to kind of you know network and just kind of what you got to do in the business there was a game played at the palestra in philly which is like a legendary college basketball court is the home of the university of pennsylvania quakers but all the big five games are there so villanova temple penn they all play there um and there was an nba there was a uh pro-am game there it was during that nba lockout where all the players were like doing summer pickup games and stuff that were catching traction so it was a bunch of philly guys against like lebron carmelo chris paul it was called the Battle of I-95, and Carmelo Anthony and a couple of Philly guys started it. Uh, Melo from Baltimore, that's why they call it the Battle of I-95. So, like, the main people who were organizing it were, like, Carmelo Anthony and Kyle Lowry. So, Carmelo just obviously recruited LeBron and CP3 to come out for the game. After the game, I did my little, like, videotape recorder handheld. And remember, this is 2011. 11? Yeah. This is 2011, so the technology wasn't as cool. So, like, I go and look back at those videos, and it's like it looks like it's an SD. It's <laughs> HD video, but it's like 480 HD. Yeah, yeah. Um, and yeah, I was like, I was like nervous and wide eyed, and I approached him. I was like, "Hey, LeBron, do you have like a couple minutes to chat?" And he was like, "Yeah, yeah, sure." We go to a corner, like sit down on a bench, and he's completely engaged. And it's not like a lot of people were around, so it's not like he was like, "Okay, I got to be turned on for." No, and he didn't give you. Who are you? Where are you from? Or anything nope, that? nope. 
and spent about five minutes chatting with me. And from there, I was like, all right, I'm a fan of this guy. Mm-hmm. You know, mm-hmm. he could have he could have big time me, and I wouldn't even have blamed him for it. Okay, so you must be excited. This was kind of inevitable, but yet when it happens, it still resonates. Last night, LeBron, 38 points, 10 rebounds, 6 assists. The Lakers lost to the Wizards, 127-119. But LeBron passing Karl Malone now for second place on the all-time scoring list. So LeBron has 36,947 points. So he's only trailing Kareem now on the all-time career scoring list. Kareem is at 38,387. So depending on you know how many points, obviously, LeBron scores between now and then, he could become the number one all-time score in NBA history next season. If he does he's that, yeah, if he does that, I mean, regardless of opinion, doesn't he then become, well, I mean, he's the greatest of all time. I would still put Jordan over him. Really? Yeah, just because I think that six for six NBA finals and just some of those legendary performances in the finals and in his playoff runs, I think that's too much to top. Um, But I think LeBron is second. And we're talking second to Michael Jordan, so that's not an insult or anything. Um, Like He could still win... A couple more. Yeah, I mean, not, he could. Right. He may not win any. He's not going to end up with more than six. No, he has what four now? Uh, I think so. Two or with three. One with the Cavs. Yeah. Two with the Heat, and then the one with the Lakers. Yeah. So he has four now. Um, but highly doubt he wins two more. Just given he ain't going to win three more. Yeah. yeah given <laughs> the situation in L.A., it's yeah. looking bleak yeah. right now. Yeah. Um, Thank goodness for the play-in game, huh? But remember, even against the Dallas Mavericks, he had that NBA Finals game where he only had eight points. Like, you don't have anything like that on Jordan's resume. Mm-hmm. Nothing. I guess Jordan's worst part of Jordan's resume was some of those ugly ones when he was young, when he was getting beat up by, like, Detroit and right. some of those teams, like his second and third year where he, like, couldn't get out to the conference finals um but he was young jordan once once jordan grew into his own he never missed an nba finals he made what three then left for two years and then made three more well he came back with the wizards but i guess we're not counting that yeah Uh, that's that was just that was just kind of a um a glory run i mean it is that was a stat pattern and all that type of stuff um Jordan is probably the most accomplished player in the NBA, which translates to best. I mean, Bill Russell, 11. But, like, when you when you attribute everything and take everything into account, I think Jordan is the best player, and I think LeBron is the second best. I think one of the big reasons why um, The Last Dance came out and, you know, Michael Jordan was behind that, I do think he saw the way things were trending. Hmm, there's people now that don't even remember me. I don't want everyone to just assume at some point that LeBron was the greatest. I do think the timing of that had something to do with the whole who's the greatest narrative. I think Michael Jordan's that competitive. Oh, 100%. We've talked about Eagles a lot this show. Uh, Clay Thompson, <laughs> Jordan Poole, Michael, Brian, Brian Iglesias. Yeah, our producer, Brian. Biggest ego in this in this city, actually. No headphones large enough to fit on his head. <laughs> um, oh, yeah, super big ego over here. Yeah, um, but Jordan, gosh, he he's biggest ego in the world. It's, like, low-key, actually kind of toxic sometimes. <laughs> like, people, there's some things that Jordan does that people think are funny that I'm kind of in the background, like, like, 
He's an a-hole. It's not even healthy. Yeah, like, it, yeah. That, it's not that funny. It's yeah. actually kind of weird. Yeah. Um, yeah. Like, punching people in the face. Like, when he punched Steve Kerr in the face, like, he gets praised for that. Like, if LeBron punched somebody, a teammate in the face at practice, it he would get killed for that. Mm-hmm. Another thing, like, Kobe's cut from the same cloth as Michael Jordan, rest Kobe's soul, from the same school district I am from back home. Uh, so I'm a huge Kobe fan. I grew to be a bigger fan once he retired, too, because I started to appreciate him more. But, like, we see when Kobe, everybody laughs at how Kobe treated, like, Smush Parker. Like, just wouldn't talk to him and told him not to talk to him. He's not worthy to speak to me. And, like, this, that, and the third. And when Smush would, like, tell these stories, people would laugh. Like, oh, that's Kobe. I'm like, that was kind of mean. Like, right. that's not cool, actually. No, it's not. You can, be a, you can be a leader and you can, like, be a little cutthroat. That was, like, actually really mean. Like, you probably messed up Smush Parker, like, internally. Mm-hmm. Um, but people praise it. That's why it's so weird. Some people get praised for being like that. And then LeBron, he comes in, and he's viewed as something completely different. He's a nice teammate. He shows his leadership other places. Like, he ups people. Like, co- like LeBron played with uh, Daniel Gibson, who is probably comparative to Smush Parker. Like, they weren't great NBA players. You would never hear LeBron, don't even talk to me. Right. You don't you're talking work. about Booby Gibson, right? Yeah, yeah. Great. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Don't even talk to me. You don't even work hard as me, so you're not even, like, really – don't even speak to me. It's like, you know, it's just weird. It, it, it's weird how people accept some things from someone but then would criticize the hell out of someone for the same thing. It's like if there's a, a athletic greatness, we assume that the, they must be flawless to achieve these things. So whatever they did, there must be a good reason for it. Because they're almost like a, a godlike figure. Godlike figure. 888-957-9570. Austin in San Jose wants to talk with you. I don't know what he wants to talk with you about. You okay with that? Yeah, let's yeah. go. Austin in San Jose. Hey, Austin, thanks for listening. You're hey, on with hey, Whitey and, and hey, Jason Dumas. Whitey, Jason. What's up, man? Hey, guys, how you doing, Whitey? Good to talk to you, Jason. Hey, man, I spent uh, four years of my life in Philly, man. It's good to hear your perspective on Philly and cheesesteaks and I, I went to Penn so I used to get my best cheese egg right on campus there so oh. I remember some fond memories of some great cheese you ever go Abner's on campus with this. Ab- uh, I don't remember the name they used to be they used to be right on campus dude and I'd walk out of class and get a cheesesteak you know yeah Abner's <laughs> is right there right there in University City that's probably the biggest one in that area so I'm sure you hit Abner's is right there, there by uh is right there by Franklin Field in the palestra Hey, right on. Listen, a couple quick things. Uh, one is LeBron. Um, throw something out. You guys can carry it forward. But there's some, there's a couple uh, uh, a couple articles right now about LeBron maybe being interested in coming to the Warriors in the offseason. So I'm intrigued by that. I think that's actually something that could develop, um, as crazy as it sounds. I, I think it would actually be pretty cool to see LeBron play for the Warriors, especially with Steph. I mean, they have to make some moves. Obviously, some people wouldn't be here. But for me, I think that would be interesting. It definitely would sell tickets. So. I got to believe Joe Laker would be interested in selling selling tickets. Uh, uh, the other thing is Clay. You guys hit on Clay, and I think Jason, you said that Clay would never come off the bench. What I was thinking, you know, you need Pat Riley. You need somebody like Pat Riley. Uh, you know, not Myers. You need somebody like Pat Riley to sit him down and the Godfather tell him, "Hey, now you are coming off the bench." You know, or the old, the great Bill Wallace back in the day used to tell great, you know, it's time for you to go. It's time for you to do something different. So. You need a certain kind of person, a guy in the room, to get a guy like Clay to listen. So that's kind of what I had, guys. Appreciate the uh, show today. Keep going. Thanks. Thank you. Great call. We'll we'll start with his last point first. Clay coming off the bench. Um, I don't think it's I don't think it's Steve Kerr. You know, just 
Like, I'm not sure Pat Riley would 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 make that move either because you just have a chance of losing him. Whether you think that is fair or not fair is just I don't see that being in Clay. I don't see Clay handling that well at all. It's also possible, and not to dodge the question, it's possible that that Steve Kerr and Bob Myers, the organization, they may not feel that that's the best idea. They may not right. even want him coming off the bench. They may genuinely feel that for the Warriors to be their best, Clay has to be Clay again. The best way for him to do that is to play through this, and they want Jordan Poole coming off the bench. That may actually be may not be that. Oh, they don't know how to approach it. They may not actually think it's the best idea. Right. You know, maybe maybe they don't. So, and Draymond's the one though on the floor that has to rein in. Clay, not Draymond's not the one to decide well, you got to come off the bench. But if the over dribbling continues once Draymond's back running the offense and the bad shots, I think Draymond's the one, right? They'll say, Hey, not what do you, you don't don't do that. Stop it. Right. Yeah. If if Draymond is willing to say that to Steph, he's definitely willing to say it to Clay. Yeah. Because Clay had a couple of games where he had reined it in, but then he reverted back to it against After he got sick. Yeah. He reverted. Yeah, yeah. Especially in the last game that they lost to Boston. It was a bunch of mm-hmm. Bunch of a heat checks mm-hmm. when he wasn't even hot, <laughs> and it was a bunch of shot hunting and just ruining, you know. And it's just it's it's there was even like it was interesting, and I tweeted saying interesting shot selection from Clay when Steph is going for fifty. Steph had oh, forty seven. Steph had forty seven, and there was just this one possession. Clay could have yes. We and it was at the end of the game where you knew Steph's coming out. He's not going to have many more chances. And Clay pulls up for like a contested yep. 33-footer. Yep. I'm like, dude. Yeah, it's funny because I was watching that too, and I had that thought, oh, they're probably going to set up Steph here to get – They didn't oh, even nope, get to the I offense. He just throws up a shot. It wasn't a bad sh- – it wasn't a good shot. And I'm like, dude, why are you shooting that ball in this context? And there was another one where, like I said, Jordan Poole is someone I've been keeping an eye on because I know Clay came back, took his starting spot – Jordan Poole has a big ego. Jordan Poole wants to be out there. And so it was just always was interesting to me, Jordan and Clay's interactions on the court, just to see how they mesh with each other. And Jordan made a great extra pass to get Clay an open shot. Clay missed a shot, but I was impressed. I was like, all right, they're starting to figure it out. A couple possessions later, Clay had the chance to return the favor. He had to make that extra pass to Jordan in the corner. He didn't do it. Looked Jordan off and put up a shot and missed when just a couple of possessions earlier, Jordan Poole could have done that, but he didn't, he made the extra pass. So it's just those little things I'm noticing that I don't think are good for the team. I, I just don't, there's no other way to say it. I know people are going to sugarcoat stuff and make, make excuses because it's Clay Thompson and what he's done and what he's capable of. And those I understand things that you're talking about, pardon me, but they just to embellish your point. They run, Counter to the whole strength in numbers, mm-hmm. culture, and philosophy. And if, yeah, like, dude, if you're not making shots, don't don't shot hunt and, and don't dribble the air out the basketball. Do it in the flow of the game, which will be completely fine. But I, I think the equation changes, too, right now, because it's really important for them to win as many of these last 12 games as they can, right? And you made the point, and it's a valid one. A lot of people understand this. It's not that important for them to have home court. But you still want to end up third or as close to third as you can be, right? So all of a sudden, there's less margin for error with Steph out. So if Clay continues to hunt for shots, it is detrimental to the offense, which affects them at the other end as well, because then the other team gets out in transition. So I think the Warriors, you know, if they were going to be uh, extra patient with with Clay during some of this, I think now 
they 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 don't have that luxury anymore. No, they don't. Um, there's just there's way more fine of a line than there wasn't. Yeah, when, when they had Kevin Durant, you know, you could have Steph playing bad, or you could have Clay playing bad, or you could have Draymond playing bad. Shoot, I thought in 2019, I didn't get to see much of 2018, but in in, in 2019, I don't think Dre had a great season, but it didn't really matter because you had Kevin Durant. Yeah. Until Kevin Durant got hurt, Warriors are going to run away with that title. I'm sorry, they just were. Kevin Durant, when healthy, is probably the best player in the NBA at this point. See, that's a really interesting point because I know Steve Kerr's talked about this, and when I was in for Damon, I, I, we talked about it. The last time Clay was here and playing, Kevin Durant was still playing. Now Kevin Durant's not there, so Clay's role in the offense—that's what Steve Kerr says. His role in the offense has changed. All right, what does that mean? Maybe it means that Clay says. Well, Kevin Rand took a lot of shots, and he ain't here, so those are my shots now. Yeah, I mean, it's it's all mindset. Like, I don't want to tell a three-time championship how to prep and how to do this, but I can only say what I see and how I interpret things, and I saw a team that was flowing offensively before he came. I see a guy who is trying so hard to prove to himself in the outside world that he's that guy still. Yeah. And that is almost taking precedent over the, the team, the team, the welfare of the team, which is very unlike Clay and unlike the Warriors. So I think, yeah, the Warriors' philosophy here is just we're at our best if he plays his way through this. I understand that it is a little alarming. Maybe Drake can rein it in a little bit if it continues, but it is alarming. As for the other thing that Austin mentioned. That's a new one to me. I mean, I know there have been yeah, rumors. Ronda, or- I never heard that <laughs> okay, one. Okay. And no, I mean, I don't see that. I don't see that. I don't think I don't think that would be beneficial to LeBron's legacy. I know in his eyes he's probably said his legacy is cemented. But just optically, him coming to Golden State and like kind of just joining Steph's team. Yeah. Optically, I don't think that would be great for his legacy. I don't see why he would do it. No. And pfft. It's going to be harder for him to catch Kareem if he's playing on the Warriors. Yeah, right? He wants to break a scoring record. Yeah. Um, I think he's fine uh, in L.A. Um, even though they look like they're not in a great position, things can change in a hurry in a city like Los Angeles. You can maybe get someone to take Russell Westbrook's contract. You can maybe get a star to take a little less money because he's in Hollywood and he'll make it up in, like, endorsements. You know, so like it's the Lakers. You can probably figure that out. I think he's fine there. If he goes anywhere, it should be Cleveland. This is unlikely when you look at the standings now, because the Lakers right now, the best they could finish would be eighth, and maybe maybe that can still you know change. But here's my question: We talked about this yesterday. I think Philmo might call and suggested this. If you're the Warriors, Jason, and you were playing in the first round, not a play-in, but in the first round, uh, you were playing the Lakers. How concerned would you be? Not not concerned. They're what, if, not, what if Anthony Davis is playing? Okay, a little more then, but even so. See, that's what I said. I'm with I'm with you on that. Even so, they're not a good team. And we're talking about, we're concerned about how will Steph be when he comes back? Will he be rusty? Anthony Davis has been out like two and a half months. Yeah. It's hard to just turn it on in the NBA. It really is. So I wouldn't be too concerned. The Lakers aren't a good team. And Anthony Davis is soft. He doesn't like contact. So I think I think he has avian bone syndrome or something. He must have like hollow bones. Oh like yeah, a he's so delicate. So yeah. if you got Draymond on Anthony Davis, I'm not overly concerned. Yeah. All right. I'm with you on that. Um, but the play in 
boy, it's really working out for the NBA the plan this year because you want to have LeBron right in those postseason games. And without the plan, I don't think you'd have the Lakers in the postseason at all this year. No. Mm-mm. No, they they wouldn't make it probably. And and you know whose idea that plan was? LeBron James. There you go. He loved it, and now all of a sudden he hates it. Jason, it's been a lot of fun. Thanks. Oh, it's been we're already great. done. I didn't even know we're done. Yeah. Uh, when we when we catch on TV tonight? Tonight, Cron Four at ten thirty to eleven thirty. All right. Uh, stick around. Alan and Shamari are next, and right now it's time for a tournament update brought to you by Xfinity Internet. Wi-Fi speeds faster than a gig and the best coverage to power all your devices. Here's Brian Iglesia one more time. Thank you, Whitey. Uh, Tournament update. Okay, we have an ongoing game between Ohio State and Villanova. At the half, Villanova leading 39-28. to We have a final in Houston, Illinois. Houston with the upset 68-53. to And the upcoming games for this tournament, Michigan versus Michigan State, excuse me, versus Duke. We have Iowa State versus Wisconsin. Notre Dame versus Texas Tech. Miami versus Auburn. Texas versus Purdue. And rounding out the games, we have TCU versus Arizona with rounding out the games. And that's your updated look at the tournament scoreboard on 95.7 The Game. You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law.